Hello, welcome to How to Human. I'm Nenad, your co-host, and today we're talking with Nick, a wonderful man and a beautiful soul about many troubles and tribulations that he went through during the course of his life, and that led him to where he is now. This topic is very interesting for me because I feel like for my generation and having access to like youtube and internet in general there is so much information and a lot of it was like uh how to become better how to work on yourself and not only how to but that you should and um, at one point i believe um i was just focused on improving myself and how and just learning about how i can do things better and that i should be better so I don't know, it kind of came with expectation that if you're not working on yourself, you're you're wasting your time. Emotionally or what? Uh, both. Uh, for me, like I first started like um, taking interest in developing emotionally and just understanding uh, humans on like, uh, like psychology of humans because um, it was like more interesting to me. And then I had a lot of problems that I dealt with um that um you know i could apply this knowledge to so uh the biggest things were like learning how um like your patterns of behavior uh how you can be more emotionally intelligent and even though that i didn't have any experience with relationships uh, i would like start very early um with learning about what healthy relationship Uh, should look like um, and really just like reconstructing my ideas of love and um, healthy relationship and boundaries that reminds me of of my my story as well Um, but tell me um, when did that start when did you really when and how like what was your why why did you have such a, a distant approach that that kind of distance uh, how did you acquire that distance? Like, how did, where did that distance come from? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say distance? No, what do you mean? Like, to be so out of society in order to be able to say, okay, what the fuck is happening? Like, what what are you guys doing, you know, r- running, a, r- running around being people? Uh, to be able to ask yourself a question, uh, how other people are, you know, humaning, you have to be outside of the humanity mm. or social, you know, kind of whatever in order to ask yourself. So where, what, what puts you in that position? Well, even when I was very young, I realized that I'm like super different. Like, uh, first of all, because I'm gay and I would like very early catch on to that. Wow. I, I'm really like not the same as everybody. Uh, and that would like already give me like uh, a different perspective on things and uh, I would have experiences that um, would follow with just you being different and especially growing up in, in a um, surrounding where being different was viewed as something that is bad. So I already had this like blessing and a curse uh, that uh, I get to experience all of this and it kind of pushed me 
like um to be aware of like things that i guess people who like fit in didn't get to experience so early on so <clears throat> just experiencing um a lot of bullying and then mm. realizing that oh like questioning why is this happening to me mm-hmm. like why are people uh, being mean, mean? Me. yeah is why? it me <laughs> no 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 i mean was that something that you ask yourself like is it me oh yeah totally i was mm-hmm. like thinking like okay this is obviously like not happening to everybody yeah. and i obviously like totally feel like like i stick out and uh, i could feel it and it was not apparent uh, very early on because i felt when we were kids like nobody really cares about that shit so much but like as i was like getting into like around 12 and 13 like like the social constructs of like society were like so apparent in this years because like popularity became a thing uh like people started like joining into different groups and where do they belong and then that was very apparent that wow if you want to be like accepted by everybody you need to belong you need to be liked you need to and these were things i would never care about <laughs> prior you you really remember that period well okay yeah i kind of like i don't know i i have reviewed my past and history but yeah 12 and 13 kind of a mush like yeah i would say i mean that was like um very important i don't remember remember like a lot but i remember that at that point i would be like wow i don't belong even like i would start losing friends that i was like very like that i thought i had very good relationship with but i would just i would just not be invited to these parties outside of school and it would be hard to like maintain this close like friendships with these people mm. so I would just like not fit in. How long was that? Like how long were you out of that out of that um how long did it took you so, to understand that you are not part of the society as it is as it is. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I because like it took a, a long time i mean right yeah i mean not i understood that i'm not a part of it but like to really like be specific of like everything it took a while because like this whole experience started at like 13 and it would last till like the end of like primary school it would last until i moved to high school and i would like get kind of a fresh start like a, a new beginning with new people you know um so i would say it took a long time to like not only like figure out what was going on but like how to manage all of this and then just like how to be also like a bit nicer because okay so this is where uh, so you're saying that at high school you actually started thinking about it and redoing yourself or yeah Yeah, not only like started thinking, but like it was at that point that I knew, I mean, I know I didn't know exactly what was happening, but I had this idea, okay, because I was like going through this bullying and and like being ostracized by my peers, I was like picking up on things that I didn't even realize that I was picking on. Like I would just like, you know, when you have a bad experience and you were relive it in your head until you like really learn 
like never to allow that to happen to you again. So it was kind of like that. I would learn to pick up on body language, on like every small social cue, every like time somebody liked me or didn't like me, or like I would learn how to read a room like from very young age. And okay. then I would apply that just to like never get into the same. So chicken or the egg question. What do you think was the older? Do you think that you were sensitive? So that gave you the power to observe those things or necessity to have to observe those things made you like necessity in that early age, in that early age. Do you think maybe that kind of influenced your, you know, emotional, uh, how can I say profile? Do you know what I'm trying to get? Yeah, I, I like, know. I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I have no clue if this actually can be a thing. <laughs> I think it totally can be a thing because, like, as we, like, learn to, like, survive and incorporate ourselves into, like, society, we, like, of course develop certain skills. But I also think with me it was, like, a kind of uh, both because I, from very young age, I was very sensitive and I was already different. Uh, but just this experiences like were just like a cherry on top just made me like like a need to use this to like you know to like have like healthy social life because like at at the end of the day it it is really like in our like core survival to like be accepted my story is quite similar like almost exactly to the detail except when i got into high school it got even worse well how i did it was that i i came to the need because of my like experiences but then how like actually when i was like going out of like puberty like puberty was kind to me and upon until that point i was like like chubby i had pimples and as like i was like yeah I was growing out of that. You? <laughs> I was growing out of that. So like in high school, I was like, I was like, okay, I was like getting like uh, attention for my looks, which would never happen before. Ooh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh my God, but it was not good because I had a lot to figure out. For me, I had a problem because like I would get attention from the girls, but I would like also realize, oh, maybe I want some attention from the guys as well. And then that would create like a uh, subgenre of problems. <laughs> Very interesting to deal with. And then coming to terms, who am I? <laughs> and then the ideas of what I could be or what I should be. So that's why it took time. But when it came to like learning about relationship and love and psychology, it really didn't matter when it comes when it came to your sexuality. So all this information that I would like be actively researching and like learning about would apply no matter what. So in the end, it didn't matter when it came to practice. (laughs) But yeah, I would say that even in high school, I was doing much better than like middle school, but then still like I was not able to fully express who I am or even know who like no but neither I I I, what's the name I I I claim absolutely with authority nobody knows who they are like yeah it they shouldn't if they think that they know then something is at miss like some there is a problem with that that would be like a slow start and honestly even now I feel like 
nothing has changed. I still like managed to like find a situation where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know anything. And I'm just like feel lost. So it's never really like a point where I'm like, okay, everything is done. I figured it out. I mean, and I don't think it will ever come. So, yeah. Well, it, can't, it can't. I mean, that's not the nature of our physiology. I mean, you are born with a can, you know, and the can is your head, your skull. And inside of that can is the brain. And the brain is the one trying to learn every single thing, how the world works outside of your can. So everything that you have is your eyes and ears to the, the, the senses, right? To learn the ways of the outside of that. So the, to copy all the rules of governing outside of that and to paste them back into your brain, that, you know, you know just... Just like on a computer, when you copy a big file and paste and it takes time to put it there, yeah. that's that's exactly what is happening. So the difference is that some people are more intelligent, so it goes faster, and some people just have a better software, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> oh. We have the conundrum. We have, a, we have a person here who had a situation where he was put out of a society, and then he put ahead of himself a task to put himself back successfully in society by his rules right by your own rules yeah so how how was that going like how did you put yourself back into society how was that self-resocialization occur <laughs> right yeah well i ha i was also like lucky because um I have met a very good group of people early on that were not a part of my school. So I would play Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I mean, nerd, gay, and weird. So, yeah. So No, it, it's not, it can't be too much. Yeah, it, it, it can't. can't. Like, can't. basically, just... in my eyes, the nerdy part would, you know, kind of like two minuses <laughs> makes a plus. So nerdy and <laughs> gay would just make a plus. Yes. You know, it's, it's too much to, to be too many, that many minuses. That, like, you would destroy the system <laughs> okay yeah so, so anyway um i would meet a lot of people through like playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards in uh, when i was young so i would meet like a very good group of friends so my best friend who i met this way was really like uh, highlights of like my childhood and like my my teen years because through them i realized like values of friendship and what like really like means not to like judge other people. Wow, you're really lucky. Yeah, yeah, and I and I realized. How old were you guys at that point? So I met him when I was nine. Like we would like go to the like um, Yu-Gi-Oh contests, and uh, because like and when my when both of our problem really started, it like the relationship just blossomed onto like really helping out each other. He also had like a. a tragic like events in his life like his mom passed away when he was 13 and then I feel like just being there for each other in these like very like awful times when we were like both struggling helped and also like he is super smart and he was like also like a weirdo and he would never like conform to any of like he would he would see through bullshit way much like way before I ever did so I was like, wow, like, and having his perspective on things also helped a lot. And also like having a person who really doesn't like have any like social construct to judge you on, like 
gives you like just that much more space to be yourself. Yeah, so, that's that's a lot. That's a fucking lot. Yeah, like, I mean, he was super young. Like he really had this like like mindset, and I really think it also is because he had a hard life. Like and that, I was like, wow. And when I think about it, even back now, like I'm like. He was like really like ahead of like, right yeah ahead of his age and yeah. time and yeah. everything yeah right so I was really lucky and to this day we are like still like best best friends ever and really yeah, yeah, yeah. is he gay or straight he's straight well that's 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 all kinds of amazing yeah 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 totally and like coming out to him was like the like it was almost not a thing ever because like it. He would just not give a shit. Not even a blink. Not even a blink. Yeah. That's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I have no idea how that looks or, you know, I can't even, can't, can't relate. But like, also like, it's surprising that uh, a straight person who really doesn't like have like, not have, but he was not interested in these things. He would like totally just have like a reason, like, I don't give a shit. Your, your values and who you are as a person has nothing to do with this. So like, I, I mean, like it, yeah, but but even for me, like, because I grew up in a homophobic area, it took me, like, a lot of education on topics to stop being homophobic myself. Oh, shit. Yeah. Some, some deep stuff there. Yeah, 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 really, like, it fucks you up because, like, you... So, were you aware that you are gay while being a homophobe? How, how did it work? So it worked like, well, even when I was young, like literally when I was five, people would be like, oh my God, that's so gay. Don't do that. And I was like, what the fuck is gay? I'm a fucking five-year-old. How the fuck do I know? Like, but I would just be like, I like uh, feminine, I guess, or I would be into dancing or stuff like that. And people would use this slur. like Better. dumb, Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. Like um they would call pejorative <laughs> word for gay yeah as the as pejorative as it gets in serbian so it would be like very weird and that this would be my first interaction with this word and then later on as i was like i i even knew back then that i'm different but like and i and i would even have crushes on like my friends and i would just think i liked them a lot but when i and when i grew up i would be like oh yeah that was definitely a crush on this boy and then like my first was like oh this is something that is very bad like you don't want to be that is associated like literally people will be like oh my god the worst thing you can be is a thief killer and gay <laughs> <laughs> like making the whole holy th- three trinity yeah <laughs> trinity and Serbian. the worst thing is if i were to tell my parents oh i killed the guy they would take it easier than yes. yeah so it was like very bad so it took like a lot of like self-loving rituals and like learning about like how how being homophobic and being gay also like inner homophobia as we call it in the community it really like hides uh so yeah it took a lot of education to get rid of it so for somebody who is not gay and he's like already like straight himself and growing up in a homophobic society he'll be like i don't give a shit I would say that it seems to me that you are pretty well, pretty healthy. So, I mean, if if any person that can allow themselves to be obsessed with uh, self-growth, I would say should be a healthy person. I mean, I I hope so. I don't know. Because, like, I had with this, like, self-growth, it came, like, a lot of, like... The thing I noticed about you is that when you're laughing, you you don't cringe, like... A lot of people use 
humor to cover inner pain. Yeah. But I don't feel that from you. I kind of feel like really relaxed, open heart. Like, of course, we all have anxieties because that's, you know, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know what you mean. But 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 when it comes to when it comes to just you being you, you are just you. You are not, you know, infused with some kind of dread of what's an existential dread, you know, who am I? What am I? And stuff like that. Like you're just being, you know, natural. And thank you for that. I but I do think I have a different kind of like problem and dread because I'm like not like uh, I got this far, but then I, I really don't know what I should do and what I'm supposed to mm -hmm. be doing when in, in terms of like career and yeah. like being fulfilled professionally. Like yeah. that comes into play now where I'm like, okay. Where do I go from here? Yeah, I have healthy relationships. I have good Checked. friends. Yeah. Checked. I have like uh, my mental health. Checked. Um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> It, <laughs> it needs to be checked. It really, it really needs to be checked a lot. Like I realized that it, yeah, it's not a joke. We should all get checked. Yeah, like, like having get this, checked. Yeah, it's mental like hygiene is like crucial. Sexual hygiene. Yeah, like if you are having sexual partners, you are having much more mental partners, and those are. That is society. Like society is your mental partner. Like the things you watch in your movies, that's your also your sexual uh, mental partner. Like you are being exposed all the time and you're not wearing any protection. Usually. I mean, most of the people, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, mentally, that's true. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we are constantly being like, you can see that clearly. I don't know if you watched Social Dilemma. I did. Social Dilemma describes that perfectly. Yeah, and I, I do you know what I mean? I had a really like a whole thing with that. I I I realized that like, and what you're talking about is literally my problem because I would all define it as this like overload of information. Like you would like be, uh, obs I grew obsessed with information and just this like dopamine addiction. Mm -hmm. And for me, that came from new info and seeing new things and stuff. So I would like... In which form? On Facebook? On Instagram? Not Facebook. Like Twitter? YouTube. YouTube. YouTube, YouTube is What like kind my of drug. YouTube like, I would, content? Every kind. First, it would... Because my days would look like I would like open my eyes. I would check my phone. I would open YouTube and I would watch two videos about my video game that I like. Then... Two videos about like and when was this and how long was it like that it lasted a long time since i realized oh my god this is an what? underlying problem that stops me from doing from what age to what age so let's say that it started when i was 18 like this obsession with information because but at that age all this info was actually very useful because like at that pro mm, at that stage yeah. i could use it but then what year was that you were 18 you had... That was like seven years ago. Okay, okay, okay. So there was broadband internet at that point. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. There was like uh, a lot of like, and I, I never saw it as like different sorts of dopamine, just like things to feel good. But I would use it in a sort in a form of video games and like any kind of entertainment. Um, then like seeking knowledge and then it grew just into overload of information and needing information 
all the time. Like literally you go to the bathroom and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be sitting on the toilet for five minutes. So let me have something to go through. Like this like need that your mind cannot sit with it itself. Even two minutes. I have that. I have yeah. that. Yeah. You even go exactly. to the elevator and you're like three floors, like literally less than 60 seconds. Swipe. Swipe. <laughs> and then. Yeah. Swipe. Yeah, literally happened. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, is this really a problem? Like everybody's doing it. But then what I realized is when you're like having all this dopamine, like you're this in like, it's like basically an adult pacifier. It's, it's, it absolutely is. Yeah. It like keeps you happy in this small bubble. It like deters you from like enduring any kind of suffering, avoiding any kind of like hard things to do and even things that are not hard to do compared to enjoying things are like oh my god no i'm gonna be away from like pure pleasure of my just scrolling through like information for me the for, for me the problem is different because i actually suffer while scrolling like exactly like i'm not even having death like i'm just like where is it where is that good content yes exactly <laughs> why is it not here Exactly. And that's how, uh, in general, addictions grow. First, it's good all the time. Then you need to increase the dosage. Then you need another thing. And then at one point, it's just not doing for you, but you cannot get out of it. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's there. And I've really did like a lot. I deleted all of my social media accounts. Bravo. Uh, I, it's, I, I deleted YouTube from my phone because I realized I would only watch it on my phone. If it's not available to me in my bed... I was more likely not to do it. So I would delete it on my phone and I had a period of two weeks where I would like not use my phone. My like screen time went down 90% and I was doing good. And guess what? I had free time, holidays. Oh my God, there is so much time. I'm back into the whole <laughs> sucking. <clears throat> I have YouTube on my phone again. I mean, a lot of things I like gave up for good, but... It's never like done thing. Like mm -hmm. it takes only like one moment of weakness and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe a little bit. And then you're watching videos and playing video <laughs> games the whole day. <laughs> no, I, I, I would actually, I would actually say that video games are not bad because usually the, the games that I play, I try as much as I can to have them the, the, for them to be like games of good content I guess something that they is entertaining are. and like yeah I would or, or nice or nice while playing them or stuff like that like I would even say that doing any single thing except swiping is okay like watching videos it depends what kind of videos but if you're watching educational videos and that would that should be okay and, and that's what I thought as well, because I would sit and watch literally educational videos for like hours. Binge. Binge. And I would like, and that's great. But the thing is that I wouldn't do nothing mm -hmm. with that knowledge. Yeah. So like, I would like find this new information really like exciting and I love learning new things. Yeah. But when you don't do anything and it's yeah. just like there to entertain yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of didn't serve any yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. It, be, it becomes a trivia. It becomes a trivia. Like, like, well, it's interesting that that there is a world like that. Exactly. <laughs> and then the more you learn, like the easier it is to forget what yeah, you already yeah, heard. Because yeah, yeah. then I would like learn so many new things, and then literally an hour later, because I would watch something else, I was like, "What, what was yeah. I watching? What, was the I watching other, yeah. what did they say? Or oh, situation. I know this thing. Yeah. So yeah. Oh. And we jumped from one topic to another. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we did. But yeah, anyway, this is how 
I ended up like with this conundrum with my yeah. So, so just just to just to, to to finish, I want to say that we were talking about how social medias were just like basically hijacking our attention. Yeah. And the whole point of that documentary, Social Dilemma, and why we mention it is because the reason it's not accidental. The reason that you and I and everybody else who have this kind of uh, kind of a, a, a attraction towards using their phone and swiping and being on Facebook and uh, all of that is not accidental. It's engineered. It's designed by, what's the name, uh, extremely smart people with big titles, right? Yeah, and I feel like that's why, that's like big thing that people need to realize instead of like being hard to on themselves. It's like really because they're it they're using like your human your they're exploiting human weaknesses. No, they're not exploiting human weaknesses at all. They're exploiting what I call what I also mentioned and mental unprotectedness. True. Like we are running around being fucked in the head by these people constantly without wearing a condom. Like we, the, the things that we contracted from them they designed this. They designed this this virus that compels us to do these things, and it's intentional. And I mean, I'm joking that this is capitalism, but it it's it, it really is. And the reason is that our attention is something that can be monetized. Yeah, it's it's literally what they sell. They use your attention to uh, sell ads, and As, your attention yes. is their product. Yes, so the exactly. more attention they have, the, so you so are the being, product. Yeah, you're being exploited. And I agree. And also, this is not like anything to do with your weakness or you're like not strong minded. And this is why this is happening yeah. to you. No, this is like people being exploited with like literally their hu- their humanity being used against. Yeah. It, it's the same thing that happened with sugar. Like in America, there was yeah, a yeah, huge yeah, like yeah, yeah. they would uh, put sugar into everything and then kids that are like six would like already have like the like sugar highs yeah they would have sugar addiction and then they'd be like oh my god can you not control yourself can you eat less no you cannot because it's literally engineered it's it's taken away from you yeah and And it's not taken away from you for by chance it's by design it's by design but the idea that you have to expand and keep on expanding in order for you know the, the the market to keep on making a profit will lead to these things kind of these kind of things happening so these companies nobody wrote the script that they have to do this they did this by themselves companies corporations but um yeah the thing is that I mean the the history of all of this really became when banks were becoming to be a thing and then like honestly this is how capitalism grew on the philosophy that the more you you use the more you need the more you sell like the more like people Pro- buy production of needs yeah so it you don't really... have a need now you do exactly it it didn't make sense from very beginning it was literally like I don't know how, what were they thinking, but it literally happened to be like, oh, the more like people need stuff, the like it, it depends, the, the something that needs to serve everybody literally depends on people uh, just spending money and using resources. <laughs> how do they think it's going to last? Like it was going to come to this point sooner or later when you're just exhorting resources to sell things, of course. There is, there is a David Edinburgh, you know, David Edinburgh? 
okay. Planet Earth, BBC documentaries on, on nature and stuff I like might that. Seen, but I don't. Blue Planet, all of those documentaries with you know animals. And and he says, and his quote is, uh, he says his quote is, if you believe that you can have infinite growth on a finite planet, you're either mad or an economist. I would like to thank Nick for coming and sharing his story. And I hope you guys learned how to human a little bit better. <laughs>